Ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here, and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast. Brought to you by the commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we are talking about what really is a hot topic that we see at Aspect Legal time and time again on the issues relating to trying to get a fast transaction. So today we're talking about tips and issues in getting a transaction across the line fast. And we have back to join us. Our resident M&A expert, Elizabeth Lee from Aspect Legal. Hi, Liz. Thanks for coming to talk about this topic today. Hi, Joanna. I'm glad to be back. (laughs) Great. Well, look, I guess we're talking about this topic today because I think it's so pertinent. You know, we quite often get hit by a new matter, whether it's from a client or from a broker, an exit advisor, an accountant where the parties have decided that they've decided on the commercial terms and they've now decided that it's really important that the the deal completes as quickly as possible. And so often, even when parties are really driven by time frame, the time frames miss not at all because we are slow, but because issues quite often appear in these transactions that really could have been avoided from the beginning. So today we're here talking about what those issues are so that if you deal in this area and you're keen to ever get deals across the line quickly, you'll be aware of some of these issues so that you can head them off at the pass. And this will be a two-part series. In part one, he will be talking about what the issues are and some of the examples that we have seen to give you a bit of colour. And then in part two, we'll be back to talk about what our tips are on how to set up a transaction to ensure that you can get it across the line as fast as possible. So Liz, let's start off. What do you think is probably the top reason why transactions falter from completing on the the um, intended dates or as quickly as perhaps the parties initially intended? Well, often um, I find that the parties on commercial level, you know, they they speak about the transaction, they're very excited about getting the deal done and they talk about how quickly they want to get it done. But their minds are not focused on what it takes to get the transaction done. So obviously, the purchasers still needs to do checks and balances and verifications. And, and that's where due diligence comes in. And often, I find that the seller's actually not quite ready to provide all the due diligence material required. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is absolutely not the number one key area because I, I think sometimes sellers just completely fail to understand just how time-consuming due diligence can be in terms of how long it takes to go and put all the information together because quite often, I mean, due diligence checklists and requirements differ from matter to matter depending on how big the matter is and the, you know, the the buyer and their approach. 
But generally speaking, a buyer of a business will want a lot of good quality information in order for them to make a, you know, a decision about the purchase and feel comfortable about the purchase. And quite often our experience is that the seller just isn't ready. And if they're not ready at the time that the buyer's found, then, you know, it's likely to take them a while and time frame slip. Yeah, absolutely. It's common place that that happens. Yeah, I, I can think of lots of examples that we've dealt with at Aspect Legal in relation to this. And, and it seems to me that it's not just small organisations that suffer from this. It's also large organisations. Of course, large organisations have got more in terms of data to, um, to, to get ready. But one often has higher expectations of large organisations for getting their ship ready before sale. But I guess the reality is that organisations before, when they're preparing for sale, they really just need to be well aware of what information they need to have together and to make sure they have that in place well in advance of actually finding a buyer. So, Liz, what are some other problems that you see occur that then create, you know, a barrier to getting these deals across the line quickly? So, when the seller is not prepared in terms of having the house ready before they put the business on the market, unexpected things might become uncovered. Yeah. Uh, during the due diligence process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've seen a number of examples of this where the sellers have then had either number one, lost the buyers, or number two, had a massive impact on the end sale price. You know, because what, what happens in these situations is that a buyer either A, pulls out because they're too scared about the rest, the rest of the business once they uncover a few issues. Number two, they use it as a way to negotiate down the sale price. Or number three, they require far more stringent warranties and indemnities. So I think this is a real problem for sellers. If issues are appearing during DD that they haven't been aware about prior, and they haven't been able to, you know, either A, advise the buyer of upfront so that it's not a surprise or B, cover off as a risk so that it's not a risk that comes up during DD. Yeah. And so so one of the most co- common areas is, for example, they've got long-standing trading terms with a supplier or a customer and they haven't actually paid very close attention to their contracts with mm. them. And it turns out that, you know, the customer or the supplier can can terminate on short notice. And, and it's those sorts of issues that can can often complicate matters. Yeah, absolutely. Because then, you, you know, when you've got a key client or a key supplier that can terminate at any point, it really whittles down what a buyer perceives the value in that business is moving forward or, or the locked-in value of that business moving forward when it transfers to, to them. And I think some, some of the issues that we see regularly are also indemnities, you know, buyers who are going through the due diligence process and then find that contracts that have been signed by the selling organisation are full of high-risk indemnities. I think that's another issue that we've seen play out quite a few times. So so that's definitely something for organisations to be aware of before moving into a sale. Another issue that pops up quite a bit that is probably worth us talking about here today as well in 
DD issues is workplace issues, employment law related issues, because certainly this is something that we have seen pop up again and again and again, because buyers are rightly very concerned about the risks that might sit in an employment law perspective. So I I think some of the important things for sellers here to consider are, you know, if they have contractors on board, you know, this, this can often be a warning flag for potential buyers, you know, and that can be something that can slow down a transaction and trigger further indemnities and warranties. That's just one of many employment law type issues that can arise during DD. I guess the next thing that I wanted to move on to here is the advisors of the other party that's part of the transaction and how fast or slow they move. That can really be a real problem. So, you know, we've often dealt with solicitors, for example, on the other side, whether that's acting for the buyer or the seller on the other side, who aren't specialists in the area, don't really know what they're doing and end up being really slow in the transaction. I think the reality is that actually may be one of the most common issues that we see in slowing down a transaction, right? And and, and sometimes, you know, solic- certain solicitors, not all, um, <laughs> you know, they, they work to their own beat, you know, yeah. they'll get to when they get to it. Yeah. And, and that, that sometimes is not helpful. Yeah, certainly not in getting the deal across the line quickly. And look, I guess, you know, this is a reason why it's important to appoint advisors on both sides of the deal that know what they're doing in a business sale matter because, you know, it helps to speed along the process if all of the advisors actually know what they're doing, you know, and can get through their workflow as quickly as possible because they've done it many times before. I guess this is the issue where people use, you know, their general practice lawyers who usually just deal with their litigation or their debt recovery or personal injury or family law matters or their wills, <laughs> you know. So so I think that's one point. And, and certainly having the right other advisors involved in the process. You know, certainly we see where our clients have been assisted by accountants and brokers or exit advisors who are well-versed in what they're doing. That certainly contributes to the likelihood of a transaction being able to speed through quickly rather than being caught up by elements that perhaps the parties hadn't thought of in advance. So let's talk next perhaps about background documents, Liz. What are some of the issues that you sometimes see with background documents not being correct? I guess one of the things we see, share registers. Yep, that's right, share registers. You know, for for a company that's been trading for a long time and where shares are being sold, you, you can often find that, you know, where there have been a few share register activities that they don't quite reflect what the parties believe to be the shareholding, and, and that can op- often happen. It's amazing how often that happens. Actually, I'm I'm astounded at how often this happens. But I guess organisations perhaps just don't routinely look at their share registers, yeah. and you know, or indeed their ASIC records, and ensure that everything lines up the way it's meant to. Yeah, and this is common where a company's been around for a long time and there have been certain shareholding changes over time. Yeah. You know, if if we're talking about a mum and dad holding the business for 40 years and nothing has changed and that's okay, but in situations where they have introduced 
other shareholders over time, that's where sometimes, you know, shareholding doesn't quite reflect what the party intends. Absolutely. And look, this sort of thing is quite easy to deal with if if you have time. <laughs> the The only problem is if you're forced into this situation where everyone wants to get the deal done quickly, sometimes this stuff just takes a little bit of time to sort out and and therefore even though it seems fairly innocuous it can it can absolutely slow down a deal and i guess that's the same thing with encumbrances on an organisation once again encumbrances like for example PPSR registrations might on the face of it seem not particularly important but they are that's right Exactly. And and often we find that encumbrances that are no longer meant to be on the register are on the register because they paid it out, you know, five years ago and they haven't bothered to ask for it to be released on the, on the register. Yeah. And then a buyer, you know, quite rightly will generally require that for completion to occur, before they hand over their cheque, they want to see that there are no encumbrances uh, in the business. And so if it takes time, which sometimes it does, to get yes. the third party to remove those encumbrances uh, or registrations from things like the PPSR, you know, that can completely hold up the completion of a deal. Yes, and we see that often. Yeah, that's right. All right, so then I guess that moves us through then to uh, our next area, which is third-party consents. So what issues do you see, Liz, in this area of third-party consents? Again, it's, it's a timing thing. So, you know, you've got to be on top of your contracts as a seller as to who you need to seek consent from and plan out when you're going to do it and make sure that you have time to do it. Because often when, when you find that you haven't looked at it by the time you look at it at the last minute, you find that it's a, it takes a lot longer than you think to, to get that third-party consent. Yeah. And so third-party consents here, you, you know, they can be caught up in a lot of different things. So say, for example, in contracts with key customers, key suppliers, there may be clauses that either require that there's permission before assignment if you're assigning a business or permission before you're allowed to change the control of the organisation. We call these changing control clauses where it particularly stipulates that the organisation must get consent before control is changed. Otherwise, this triggers a right of termination by that key customer or stakeholder. That's right, because it, it becomes a breach. Absolutely. So what, what that will cause is either A, it's picked up in due diligence and creates concerns, B, it just slows down the transaction because as everyone works to get those consents into the future, or C, they're missed and you now have the issue of contracts being breached and the loss of these key suppliers or clients. And so a type of third-party consent, but something that's, I think, worth talking about all on its own is leasing issues. So, of course, leases are a type of third-party consent that's generally required, but leasing deserves a little um, point all on its own because the whole lease assignment process or at least the authorization process, if it's a share sale, can take time. It, It does. And, you know, I'm sad to say that it takes just as long today 
than it did, say, 15 years ago. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know what it is, you know. It, we're a lot more advanced in terms of how we've progressed with, you know, registration processes, with technology, emails and so forth. But yet this whole process of landlord consent still takes an inordinate amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? You'd think that that there would be a better way by now. But, you know, and and I guess in terms of a better way, you know, organisations like us here at Aspect Legal, we, we have a really clear process that we follow to ensure that we try and, well, it's really pull all of the other parties through the process as, um, as quickly as possible. But, you know, even when you have a defined process for one party, like, for example, as we do here at Aspect Legal, you're still dealing with both of the other sides of this transaction, the landlord um, and the other side, whether it's the buyer or seller. And, you know, qu- quite often they aren't as organised in terms of their processes to ensure that things are happening efficiently. So, yeah. Y- yeah. Y- you know, I guess this is where it's important that all parties have got the right advisors on board and that, you know, and that these issues are thought about early on in the piece. All right, let's move then on to finance because many transactions have a finance component connected to them. Whether or not that's finance from an organisation that relates to discharging finance or finance from a buying organisation to allow them to complete the purchase. So where financing isn't fully in place, this can also be something that we see slows transactions down. Yes. So, you know, as a purchaser, unless they're buying with cash, that they're dependent on a third party to provide the financing. And therefore, it's important for for the purchaser to ensure that it knows what process it, it has to go through in order to obtain finance. And associated with that, often when entering to the lease, they have to obtain a bank guarantee. Sometimes the time it takes to get a bank guarantee is underestimated by a purchaser and and that can often slow down the process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With that, Liz, I I think we've probably come to the end of our list. This certainly is not an exhaustive list. (laughs) I think we've seen lots of issues creep up time and time again. But I I think this is really, you know, we don't want to overwhelm people here, but really this is the top list. And just for the benefit of you, our listener, who might be doing something else while you're listening to this podcast, Liz and I talked about the top areas that can cause a transaction to be slow down. That is where the seller doesn't have the full due diligence material ready to go right from the beginning. Or number two, where there's problems that appear during the due diligence process that are unexpected. Number three, where there's unhelpful or non-specialist advisors on one or both sides of the deal. Number four, where background documents, say, for example, share registers aren't correct and don't reflect what the shareholding actually is. Number five, where third-party consents haven't been thought about or arranged or key contracts haven't been reviewed in order to understand the assignment or changing control clauses and the impact on the transaction. 
Number six, dealing with third parties like landlords, so leasing issues where that hasn't been dealt with and considered well in advance. Number seven, finance, finance from either side, but most particularly it can be an issue from the buy side. And number eight, removing encumbrances on a business. Well, that's it. That's our quick run through today of the um, top issues that appear when you're trying to get a merger or acquisition transaction across the line fast. Hopefully, you found today's podcast episode useful and interesting, whichever side of a deal you're coming from. If you'd like more information about this topic or if you'd like to see a list of these items, then head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com where you'll be able to download a transcript of this episode if you'd like to read it in more detail. There you'll also be able to contact our legal legals at Aspect Legal like Liz and the rest of our merger and acquisition team. You can book in a free consultation either for you or your clients if either you or them are considering a sale or acquisition transaction. Or alternatively, you can just head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. We've got a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a transaction or help them through a transaction. We work with clients both big and small, so don't hesitate to book an appointment if you'd like to find out how we can assist. Thank you for joining in today. Thanks a lot for coming along again, Liz, and sharing your very valuable insights. Thanks for having me, Joanna. Great. Well, we'll do it again very soon and listen out for part two where Liz and I talk about how you can go about putting processes in place to create the situation where it's far more likely for you to be able to get that transaction across the line fast. Thanks again for listening in. You have been listening to Joanna Oki and Elizabeth Lee on The Deal Room Podcast, sponsored by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to The Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. Thank you.